Hallelujah. Let's get ourselves prepared. Thank you once again so much uh, for for your giving. Appreciate um, uh, everyone for that. Just thank, thank you for obeying. Just thank you for obeying. Thank you that we get get to do life with with an obedient people. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is the the hinge that all of God's breakthrough and blessings hang on to. And so we do our best to make sure that we're always flowing in that way and flowing in that vein. And now it is that time for the word of the Lord to come forth. So I hope that we're ready. I hope that we got our eating utensils, got our plate, got our notebook, and however it is that you're going to notate. Um, last week was amazing. Pastor A.B., phenomenal word, grateful <laughs> for the for the word that came forth from him. And uh, we're going to continue just in, in that vein, continue uh, at least in the vein, uh, understanding of the, the as it is, continuing in, in as it is. I, I'm, I'm hearing some kind of feedback, so if we could take care of that, that, that would be But uh, we're going to go ahead and um, move, move into to, uh, our next step of As It Is. Remember, As It Is is the theme that, that we're rocking with. Our flow was um, was last week. We're take, taking a little bit of a turn now. Remember, uh, all the conversation is still surrounding the kingdom, surrounding that, that understanding. But I, I feel that now is, is a good time, good opportunity for us to... Uh, flowing to the area of uh, gifting flowing into the area of gifting when I say gifting I mean the the specific gifts and the the, the set of, of talent the set of anointing that has been given to you as an individual and how that is supposed to play out within the kingdom holistically all, all of us have been gifted all of us have been given something by God but I'm not supposed to just use that just in and of myself just for myself and it's not supposed to just be displayed in church that's the big one because we have we have built this culture and this understanding that all gifts from God only have to be expressed if you have one of these or if you play an instrument, or if you're in front. And that, that is not the case. There's no way that the kingdom is going to be able to permeate into the world. Remember, God so loved the world that he gave his son. Not God so loved church. Not God so loved Christians. God so loved the world that he gave the son. So out of his love to redeem and get the world back, the son was given. So that whosoever is within the world would believe. They would not perish, but they would have eternal life. So we're going to spend 
we're going to spend uh, a few more, uh, a few weeks uh, just, just diving in on this understanding uh, around gift. So if you're looking like for my specific title uh, or subtopic, uh, we're going to call it gifted. Gifted system domination. Gifted system domination. And I got, uh, I got quite, quite a few scriptures, a few areas that that we're going to, uh, that we're going to go to. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, two key scriptures, just, just to lay some, lay some groundwork, and then uh, we're going to roll to Exodus, Exodus chapter 31. So I'll invite everybody to go ahead and turn there. Exodus 31. Thank you, Lord. Y'all, y'all pray with me and work with me with this voice. You would think I would know better as long as I've been doing this. Sometimes I just get happy. So it just works out like that. <laughs> because he is good. So everybody, uh, turn to Exodus 31. I'm going to start at uh, Romans 11 and Proverbs 18, but um, you can write that down. Uh, go back to it in your own time. Or go there with me either way. Uh, it's up to you. Let's pray, though, before we get started. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for uh, everything that has happened today. We thank you for your presence that has been tasted and experienced. And I believe that because of who you are, you never leave us the same way that we started. And I thank you for the transformation and the change that has taken place already in this moment and in this time. Uh, uh, from, from when we started to right now, I know I'm a different person. I'm not the same person that I was when I walked into this room. And I thank you that because of what is about to be uh, discussed and talked about and uh, the word that is about to come forth, I thank you. And there's a strength that's about to be added to us. There's a strength that's coming to us. We recognize that our miracle deliverance cannot be won by a man, but we will boast and trust in the name of the Lord our God who makes us strong and gives us victory. So Holy Spirit, we make space for you. You're the master teacher. You're the master coach. You're the master communicator. No one does it better than you. So I ask God that you would use me accordingly. Let this word come forth in the same way that it came to me. And let us walk away strengthened from this time. Everyone walk away strengthened. Everyone walk away empowered, including the one holding the microphone. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. 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 Thank you, Q. Appreciate it. <clears throat> All right. As it is. As it is. I say, I say this uh, every time I'm up. And it's because it's true. Uh, I hope that, that we really are uh, growing uh, in our intellect, that we are growing uh, in our understanding uh, of the kingdom and, and having a, a, a greater sense of, I don't even know if this is a word. I feel like I heard it before. Learn it. Learn itness. I don't, know, I don't know if that's a word. At least my grandma would say it. So I, I thought it was a word. So it will be a word today. I hope that there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a real intellect that's being added to us when it comes to the kingdom of God, and that uh, you are able to walk with a greater confidence 
that whenever you hear the term kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, or anything like that, that there's a greater uh, sense of understanding that we're able to walk with and have uh, around that subject and around that topic. And uh, because it's not just a subject or a topic, it, it is the lifestyle to which I, as a believer, have been invited into and called to live. And where we're going uh, today is understanding that with, within our kingdom, we, we have uh, a lot of, there's a lot of people, there are a lot of uh, pieces that, that are within the kingdom. And uh, in particular, the, the apex of the kingdom is man. Man is the apex in the sense because we have been the chosen vessel by God as to how the kingdom of heaven, how the culture of the kingdom of heaven is going to make its way into earth. God did not choose for it to be himself to where he just bum rushes from heaven and makes everything okay within the earth. He did not do that. He set everything in motion to where it is there are certain things that will always be and there are certain principles that will always exist because he set it to be that way. But he said as far as the culture and the, the way that my kingdom is going to make it into the earth, I have to have a man come into agreement in order for that to take place and in order for that to happen. Let us make man in our image. And in our likeness. And let them what? Have dominion. Why would man need to dominate and have dominion if he did not have some type of royal status type of job to do? There's no need for me to dominate. There's no need for me to rule and subdue and, and, and have uh, uh, the, the echo of reigning alive within my soul and me have a drawing toward what that is and what that looks like if I did not have something that I'm supposed to dominate. There's something that I'm supposed to dominate. There, there, there's some kind of space in which I am supposed to be ruling and reigning and that's the way that the kingdom makes its way into the earth. He says, I've got to have somebody agree with me. I've got to have some kind of willing vessel that is within the earth that yields to my yes, that yields to my call. I'm going to fill them with my spirit. We've been working this all year that anyone that has the spirit has the essence of the kingdom because the kingdom is something that's within in you the territory of the kingdom is not something that is physical it is the heart and soul of a man so the heart and soul of a man that is filled with the in spirit of God has not been infiltrated with the kingdom you've been filled with it and now you are a walking living breathing advertisement of the goodness of God and an advertisement of his kingdom everywhere that you go this is why it is so much bigger than church it is so much bigger than me having good attendance within church and behavior modification and stop doing this and stop doing this and start doing this and start doing this. It's so much bigger than that. It is about a lifestyle shift and lifestyle change to where I get connected to a diff an entirely different frequency to where I'm picking up on such different signals that the do's and don'ts are, are, are a bypass. Do's and don'ts are a bypass because I pick up on a different frequency. I've been called to something higher. I've been called to dominate. 
And when I've been called to dominate, now I can only eat the meal of the dominators. Okay, I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm, jump, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I'm jumping ahead of myself. I want, I want us to, I, I don't have a scripture necessarily for this. It's just a principle. Most of us who've been around, uh, been around Christianity, been saved, been around the Bible uh, for, for any length of time, you, you understand that the, the history of our faith started uh, with a man named Abraham. Starts with a man named Abraham who has a son named Isaac, who has a son named Jacob, who has 12 sons who, who, um, who are born out of him who lead toward uh, the establishing of the nation of Israel. That's, that's, the, that's the history of our faith. So in those 12 sons, though, what we can see, the revelation within them, and there's, a be there's beautiful research that's been done on this and, and a beautiful Bible study that's been done uh, by, by many uh, great men and women of God. But when, when you uh, start to dig into the 12 sons and you look at their names, I believe it's uh, Genesis 49. You have to go and look at it on your own time. But in Genesis 49, there is a prophetic word that is released over all 12 sons by Jacob before he dies. All 12 sons receive a prophetic decree over them. And then later on, Moses does the same thing, but it's over the tribes. So those 12 sons of Jacob eventually become 12 tribes of Israel, 12 individual tribes that are birthed out of those 12 sons. Now, within the 12, this is a type and shadow of us as the kingdom, all 12 of them came with a set of personality traits. It's like anybody, anybody that's got children, anybody that's got siblings, anyone that lives with somebody else, you know what it is to live with somebody that may have personality traits that are different than yours. They may have a, a temperance or something about them that is slightly different or slightly off than you. Not, not that they are wrong and you are right. It is just something that is different that presents a different display of something that is a whole picture. This is the same thing that happened with the, with the, uh, with the children of Israel. So um, we're going back to, uh, to the original 12 sons. So the 12 sons have these different personality traits. They have these different things about them. They all receive a prophetic word, and it is a type and shadow for us within the kingdom because with, within them, when you go into Genesis 49 and you look at the prophetic word that they all were released to, locked within that word from their father was something about their tomorrow was something about their future, was something about some level of giftedness that they held within that was going to help them in their life later on. You're strong in this area. You're strong in this area. You have this as an amazing gift and you need to make sure that you always keep that before God. You're weak in this area. There were areas where, where they were, uh, some of the sons were rebuked because they had weakness and it was things that they needed to look at that if they did not look at it properly, it was going to cause them a problem later on. And that's a type and shadow for us within the kingdom because all of us, all of us, I fight anybody on this one and take you down to the rug. Everyone that comes into the kingdom is born loaded and you have a gift. No one, absolutely no one makes it into the earth empty handed. No one. 
everyone that comes into the kingdom. You've got a gift. You've got something specific that you have been called to do. You've got a, a specific gifting, a specific purpose, a specific predetermined something that God has given over to you that honestly is the reason that you made it into the earth. You don't make it into the earth and then figure out. God don't work like that. For, for you to even be birthed into the earth, for you to even be moved into the earth, there had to be something that God was already thinking about and saying, I want this one moving in that, so I need them to go. Predetermined. Predetermined. You've been predetermined. You've been preset. And when it comes to tying this in to, to those sons of Israel in the kingdom, we, we have been called where we are now. We've been called to bring impact into various areas and sectors of society. And when research is done on the tribes of Israel, each of them has specific anointings that impacted specific systems that make up what we know as the world. Now, there's a, prophecy, there's a prophecy that was released many years ago that was called the Seven Mountains Prophecy. Within that prophecy, it, it lists seven mountains. When you look at it within the Bible, it represents world systems. It represents systems that dominate and control what we know as the world. The Seven Mountain Prophecies called out seven different systems. I tend to believe that, that there are 12, like the system of the government, system, system, environment, education, economics, scientific, technology, whatever it is. And there, there are a few others. But the point is, there are different systems or mountains that make up what we know as the world. And we know that when it comes to being within the kingdom, God has not called us to just be good at church. We've not been called to just be good at church. We've been called to dominate within spheres wherever it is that we might be going. So it's almost like you, you, can, look, you can look at it as a grid. You can look at it as a grid. All of us fit in somewhere within the confines of the grid. And I love uh, our pastor, pastor A.B. brought this up last week. He actually just said it in passing, but it was a strong point. The understanding that never should my toe get upset or get jealous that it's not a finger. Never should my finger get haughty and full of itself and talk to my ear like I don't need it. All of us fit somewhere within the body, somewhere within the grid, somewhere within the makeup. And that if I don't fit, if I catch an attitude, if I don't view where it is that I am as something of value because I might not get paid a lot or I don't have, or I'm, don't have a whole lot of followers on social media or whatever it is that might make me feel like I'm less than, I will put a gap within the grid and the whole system is now compromised. You have a gift. You have a calling. You have an anointing. And actually, we're going to do this. I'm still doing my own research on it and whatnot. But we're going to examine and look at all 12 tribes. We're going to look at all 12 tribes of Israel. And we're going to see what are those specific anointings that came up based off of those 12 tribes. So that we all can see where it is that we might fit. Because this is, this is our heritage and our history as a people spiritually within the kingdom. So it would do us well to look at those personalities of those 12 tribes and see where we fit. Because I guarantee you, out of the 12, you will see yourself in one of them. 
I'm going to see how it is that I'm gifted. I'm going to see how it is that I'm wired. I'm going to see how, where it is that I might fit and what it is that I might need to be looking into and what system of the world God may be calling me to, listen, to dominate, not just be a part of. To dominate. I've got to know and recognize and understand in a sense of humility that where I have been called to, I have been called to dominate. Why? Because of who I carry. What I bring into the equation. Who I bring into the equation. You've been called and gifted and, and summoned for such a time as this to be a dominator within that sphere so that, as, so that as the grid is being built, this is how the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ and he reigns forever and ever. Revelation chapter 11. The kingdoms of this world have been called to become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Within the kingdom. We all fit into the grid so that the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Notice, I, start, I started the message with this. God is not going to supersede his will onto the kingdoms of the world. He's going to send you. He's going to send you into education. He's going to send you into the prison system. He's going to send you into the medical system. He's going to send you into technology. So that those kingdoms are becoming infiltrated. For the kingdom is like yeast. <laughs> the yeast that makes its way into the dough. Not to be intimidated by the dough. Not to not, to not allow it the full expression of itself to happen. The full expression of yeast is what? To spread. To spread. Yeast does not get in the dough and then become timid and say, I, I, really, I, I know I've been born to spread, but I, I don't know what they're going to think about it. And I know I've been born into, to spread my wings and spread out, but I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know how they're going to respond when they find out I'm a believer. It's not happening like that. I come in with, with the built-in propensity to spread. I'm yeast. That's what I do. And when I spread, that is how the kingdom is able to be released. You have been called to be a kingdom influencer. You are not just a church goer. You did not just select this church because you enjoy this preaching style or like the music or whatever it is. That, may, that might have been something that got you here when you started, but you have been called and summoned for such a time as this. The kingdoms of this world must become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. There is a bigger picture. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done done on earth as it is in heaven and if that is going to take place it's going to take place because you have been sent because you have been sent you are anointed you are gifted now let me give you some scripture for it in case you're trying to fight me back in your head give me uh, Romans 11 29 there it is thank you and when God chooses someone and graciously imparts gifts to rescind. Or King James says is irrevocable without repentance. Meaning what? God does not change his mind once it has been given. God does not renege and take it back. 
Once I have released it, once it has been given, it is yours. And I have full expectation and he has full right to do so. That when you come back to me, that it will not be in the same shape as what I gave it to you. That is a dangerous thing for us to do. We know that by the parable of the talents. The one who got five eventually made doubling and turned into ten. The one who got two doubled and eventually turned into four. The brother who got one in the name of safety. In the name of safety says, I am going to take this, hide it, because I don't want to lose it. Gives the master back the exact same thing that he gave to him, and the master, what, was not pleased. I'm not finna pat you on the back for this. This is not good. In fact, he goes on so far to call him wicked. You're a wicked servant because you gave me back what I gave you. Everything that I put within you, everything that you have based within the spirit of God that lives within you is designed to grow and multiply. If you walk into an environment, if you walk into an office, if you get hired on a job and there's nothing that shifts, do I have what I say I have? Don't hurt me now. I'm, I'm just a messenger. Remember now, before I start preaching, I always ask God to help me give it the same way it came to me. Okay? Do I have what I say I have? Everything about the Spirit of God is growth and multiplication and more and spreading and going and dominion and takeover. So I should see the residue, see the evidence of that taking place wherever it is that I might be. Now how that is defined, that is based off of the Spirit of God. I don't get to define that, but there needs to be some kind of growth and some kind of shift and some kind of change that is happening because of who lives within me. And you know evidence of, of, that, of how that's going to take place? First off, it starts taking place in me. In my own time. In my own personal space before God. And things that are constantly growing. And constantly shifting. And I'm seeing different. And there's a confidence that's rising up within me. Because I'm seeing, wait a minute. There's something that's really alive within me. There's, a, there's something I've really been called to. There's, a, there's something that I've really been gifted within. And based off of my personality traits and my personality quirks and the things about me that folk might have looked at as weird or tried to downcast me with of you're so this and you're so that. Could that be nothing more than an indication like and, 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 a, and, a, and a flashing type sign, a sign as if it was on the interstate, something pointing you in the direction of where it is you've been gifted and where it is that you have been called these are questions that we have to ask ourselves based within these giftings because I know that when I have been graciously imparted uh, with a gift by God he's not going to change his mind with it so I have been anointed I have been gifted give me the next one Proverbs 18 a man's gift does what makes room for him and brings him the gift now. I need us to understand the context of what we're reading. This is about the gift. The flow and the power of the gift. Not the man. The gift. 
given by God, brings that man before other great men. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Now, the actual context of this particular scripture is actually talking about like a present. Bringing a present to somebody. Bringing a gift to somebody. But it holds the revelation and understanding of what it is that God imparts and God places in us. That gift that God gives to you will make space and make room for you. Now as we keep going, what we're going to talk about is understanding the difference between being gifted, being called, being anointed, and then mastery within that same thing. Because we look at the two as the same. Of If I'm not good at something, maybe I have not been called to it. But you could very well be called to it. You just got to develop what it is that you've been called to. You have to have a development within it. You've got to have some sense of devotion to develop and grow the, the space in which you have been called to. But the man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. I need you to type in the comments. Type in the comments. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. Come on, obey. Some of y'all hear me and won't do it. It don't take that long. I am gifted. You are gifted. You are called. You are anointed. Not just for my own reasoning. But because there, there is an assignment that must be fulfilled. And the, these sets of scriptures right here. Now I'm going to Exodus 31. These sets of scriptures right here. We're about to jump on it. Just give me a, give me a few more minutes. About 20, about 20 minutes or so. We'll wrap this up. Exodus 31, going uh, 1 through 5. Exodus 31, verses 1 through 5. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Verse 3, And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. In wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Verse 4. This is the reason why. To design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze. Last one. In cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. Go back to verse 3. Back to verse 3, please. Thank you. And I have filled him. So, so God calls Bezalel. This context is um, gathering together all of the different people uh, that are going to fill in specific places within uh, the, the building of the tabernacle. So the, uh, all of the, uh, for lack of a better term, equipment. All the equipment that needs to be built for the tabernacle, the, the task is being assigned to different people. This brother Bezalel is called upon. And this scripture right here, this says a scripture, verse 3 says that God filled him with the Spirit of God. Filled him now. Filled him with the Spirit of God. So now, most of the time in the Old Testament, whenever we see the Spirit uh, in conversation or uh, surrounding somebody, it always comes upon them. 
the spirit came upon Samson. Spirit comes upon the prophets. The spirit comes upon uh, uh, King Saul and he prophesied amongst the prophets. Something like that. It comes upon them. But this particular instance right here, Exodus 31, it feels Bezalel. God fills Bezalel with the spirit in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. This is actually throughout the entire Bible. This is our very first time that we are introduced to anybody being filled with the spirit of God. This is the first time that it happened. So it actually happened pre-New Testament. It did not happen the first time in Acts 2 when it fell on, on the people that were in the upper room. Most of us would probably think that that's the first time that happened. That's not the first time that anybody was filled with the Spirit. The first time was with Brother Bezalel here when he was filled with the Spirit of God and wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and all manner of workmanship. This brother was a creative. He was a creative. A creative, artistic genius who was filled with the Spirit of God. Give me verse 4. To design artistic works, to work in gold, to work in silver, to work in bronze. Why am I even bringing this up? I am bringing this up because I need us to pull out of that church, churchy thinking and that church culture that always only puts the spirit of God in the context of church. And in the context of what's happening in this moment right now. That's not the only place in which the spirit of God should be invading. That, that is tying the spirit of God down something awful for me to only allow him to move at an altar. The first time we're introduced to it, we are introduced to it because God needed a creative genius to create. I need someone to work. I need someone to be gifted and to cause the creativity that's within them to be expressed. So I'm going to give him the spirit of God. I'm going to fill him with me. Who better to fill him with than the creator himself? And when you flow in your gift, when you move in how it is that you have been gifted, you are privy to the same thing. When I do what I do right now, this is what's happening. I'm not this good. I'm, I'm well aware of what God is working with. On the end of the past and everything I've done wrong. But see, that's my problem. I always try to be reminding God of that. And don't look at me like that. You got that problem too. We always try and go and remind God of what it is that has been done wrong. And what it is that we don't do right. And what it is that we are off with. And what it is. I, ain't nobody in this room or listening to, to try to talk God out of using more than I have. Do, do, you, do, do you really know what you got? Just want to remind you, Lord. Lord, you know uh, who you're working with. And there have been many times God has shut me down. Don't talk to me like that. You, you, you don't tell me what, what I got and what I have. You don't tell me what it is that I'm working with. Because before I put you in the womb, 
I had, I had as much knowledge that could be known about you in me. You don't tell me what I got. And can I invite you into the space that it would do well that you not tell God what it is that he has and what it is that he's working with. Why? Because he gives us all that we need. That within that gift, within that anointing, within whatever it is that you have been called and the sector and the system to which you have been called, you have been graced, you have been gifted, and you have been filled with his spirit in all manner. In all manner. Of whatever it is that you would need, you can flow and move within that gift. You are gifted. You are anointed. If you know what that is, lean heavier into it. If you don't quite know what that is and you're on the journey in the beginning stages and process of what it is to discover that, you have got to keep going and keep moving. Why? Because you've got to fit in on the grid. You've got to fit in in that specific place to where it is that you have been called, to where it is that you have been given. Who better to go to than the one who made you to discover where it is that you fit? You're gifted. No, no, I'm talking to you. You're gifted. Yeah, Pastor, but my whole life has just been one job to another, and I just can't seem to get anything going and get anything flowing. You're gifted. No one shows up on accident. You don't stumble into the earth. You must be spoken. No one stumbles in the halls of eternity and finds their way into the earth. No, no. Qualification for getting into the earth is assignment. And if you're here, if you're listening, there is an assignment that's on you. And there's a gift. There's an anointing that has been given to empower that. The fullness of the spirit is not there to give you goosebumps and make you two-step. It's there for you to flow in design and to flow in the area to which you have been called. Bezalel didn't preach. Bezalel didn't lay hands. He didn't prophesy over the people. He built with gold and silver and all manner of workmanship. The first time we are introduced to the Spirit of God filling somebody. The first time. Meaning what? The impact to which God has called you is to dominate in a system that we know within the world. Not for you to be applauded, not for you to build your own empire, not for you to build your brand, but so that there's one name that's lifted up and the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. It's filled with the spirit, all manner of workmanship. So now I hope I have built the case Strong enough for you to believe. And if you don't believe it, I'm going to keep telling you as long as we're talking about this. You are gifted. You are called. 
you are anointed. Now, I'm going to take a little shift right here because I want to talk to those of us who know that. We know that, and we've been on that journey for a little while. But in being in that journey for a little while, you ran into some issues. You ran into some things that scared you. You ran into some things that may have hurt and, and caused you to halt within the pursuit because you just felt like it was too painful. Let's, let's, let's look at something within the life of Moses and see what that might look like. Uh, give me Exodus, Exodus 4. Exodus 4, we're looking at verses 1 through 11. And then we're going to go to Acts 7. There's a there's testimony of Moses that we, that we need to look at and examine. Uh, Exodus, Exodus 4, please. Exodus 4, verse 1, going to verse 1 through 11. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. Verse 2. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. Verse 3. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. Verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it and it became a rod in his hand again. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, verse 5, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Verse 6, furthermore, the Lord said to him, now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Verse 7, and he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again and drew it out of his bosom, and behold, it was restored. Do not believe you, nor uh, heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. And it shall be that if they don't believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river, and pour it on the dry land, the water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. I read all of that just, just to give context. Because the context here, this is a very famous passage of scripture. This is uh, Moses' dialogue back and forth with God. Pretty much doing the same thing I just talked about and warned us against doing. Make sure that you do not try and tell God what it, who it is that he is working with. So Moses is doing this same thing with God. And God is saying that this is how they're going to know. Now, verse 10. So Exodus 4, verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, this is the meat. This is what I want us to look at. Then Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Then Moses uh, verse 11, then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Give me verse 10 again. Verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, I'm not eloquent. No, I need y'all to keep this in your memory because we're about to go to, uh, go to Acts 7. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. 
but I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. Let's go to Acts 7. Let's go to Acts 7. Here we go. Acts 7, verse 20 to 30. This is a passage translation. Then Moses came on the, on the scene. This, this is the dissertation, for lack of a better term, of Stephen, who was the first one to be martyred, who was the first one to be martyred for, for the faith. He, he is giving testimony and, plead, and, and pleading and defending the case, being the first apologist for the faith toward the Pharisees of Jesus being the Messiah that they've been waiting for. So this is a part of his dialogue. Then Moses came on the scene, a child of divine beauty. His parents hid him from Pharaoh as long as they could to spare his life. After three months, after three months, they could conceal him no longer. Next verse. So they had to abandon him to his fate. But God arranged that Pharaoh's daughter would find him, take him home, and raise him as her own son. 22. So Moses was here we go, fully trained in the royal courts and educated in the highest wisdom Egypt had to offer. Until he arose, hold on, as, until he arose as a powerful prince and an eloquent orator. Now hold up. Hold up. Let, let, me, let, me, let me read it again. Let me read it again. Moses was fully trained in the royal courts. Educated in the highest wisdom Egypt had to offer. Until he arose as a powerful prince and an eloquent orator. God, I'm slow of speech. I can't talk. I can't talk. I'm slow of speech. I am not eloquent. This was his own testimony about himself to God. Yet Stephen, in his defense of the faith, says that, oh no, Moses was an eloquent orator. Let's keep going. 23, 23. When Moses turned 40, his heart was stirred for his people, the Israelites. Because give me 24, and, and let me stop for a few moments. What we're about to see is, could there be uh, something that can happen within our life to where we are gifted in something, but with, in between of me flowing within the gift and me moving into the fullness of what God has said, something traumatic happens in the middle. Something, something happens within the middle that causes me to abandon assignment. Don't. 24. 24. One day, Moses saw one of our people, so he saw uh, some of his fellow brothers being violently mistreated. So he came to his rescue. Moses came to his rescue, and with his own hands, Moses murdered the abusive Egyptian. Moses hoped. This is so good. Please hear me about the Spirit of God. Moses hoped that when the people realized how he had rescued one of their own, they would recognize him as their deliverer. How wrong he was. 26. The next day, he came upon two of, of Israelites, came upon two Israelites, two of our people, engaged in a fist fight. They tr and he tried to break it up by saying, man, you're brothers. Why would you want to hurt each other? 27. But the perpetrator pushed Moses aside and said, who do you think you are? Who appointed you to be our ruler and judge? 28, you going to kill us like you did the Egyptians yesterday? 
can't make this stuff up that be in the Bible. You going to kill us like you did the Egyptian? 29. Shaken by this, Moses fled Egypt, lived as an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. After 40 years had passed, while he was in the desert near ambush. Now, I, give, give me a moment. I just need half of it. I just need half of it. Now, we, we read Moses' account with God first. Moses, Moses has that account at the burning bush. God calls him to go back and to deliver something that he had tried to do prior to 40 years too early. We learn through this account in verse 22, 23, that Moses was educated as high as education could go at that time. Being in the, in the strongest nation, the superpower nation of the world at that time in Egypt, he got the best education and became an eloquent orator, Stephen said. Yet there is a different testimony by the time we get to him in the desert to where he says, I am not an eloquent orator and I don't have a gift of speech in that way. So we know that, that the gift never went anywhere. The gift never went anywhere. He had a time where he was operating. I don't even know what to write. I'm just so happy. He had a time to where he, he was moving in it and flowing within it. But by the time he gets to the desert, he's saying that this no longer exists. And I, I, don't, I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to do anything with that. I read all of this just to bring us to the understanding that between him flowing and between him being scared of it was a traumatic experience experience that happened to him that caused him to turn his back on what he was gifted in he, he slays the Egyptian thinking that he was honestly going to be a superhero with the people but when the people did not see it in the way that he did he was the Bible says shaken by it have you been shaken In your pursuit with the gift, where you've been gifted, where you've been called, where you've been anointed, did you stumble as you were going, make a mistake, overexerted yourself as far as a business deal, stretched out too far, hired the wrong person, went the wrong way. Trusted the wrong person. Whatever the case might be. There are things and, and situations that can happen to us as we're in pursuit of an actual gift and divine call that we have from God. And we can become shaken by it and become shaken so much that I start flowing in a testimony that's not true. Moses came to the conclusion that, no, sir, I'm slow of speech. No, sir, I'm not gifted. And in fact, if you look at it, the, the experience was so traumatic that it actually probably did make his tongue slower based off of the conclusion that he was believing. Based off of what he is believing about himself, his tongue starts to slow down. When he obviously has been called to talk. 
called to him. Why? Because God comes to him in the burning bush and does what? Sends him back. It's not that you're not called, but we need to deal with this traumatic experience that caused you to abandon it. You've been called. And I'm sorry that whatever happened to you happened. And I'm sorry that you had to walk through traumatic experience. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that your family don't believe you like, like you felt like they should have. And you didn't get the support that you felt like that you should have gotten. But I am coming as a divine messenger of the Lord God to say to you, that within that gift, within that anointing, within that space to where you know that you have been called, we got to deal with this trauma. We got to deal with what shook you into inactivity. What shook you into non-progress. So first off, I got to be willing to be honest enough to look back in my history and see what shook me like that. What shook me? When I thought I was moving up the ladder at that job and they let me go. When I thought that I was giving everything I possibly could to this and it folded and I suffered loss and I'm still making payments today. See, these are those real conversations that we have to have. But as you are having that conversation, what I have to make sure is that I'm not coming to the conclusion of I'm not called there if that's not what God is saying. Because I very well could be called. I very well could be gifted and very well could be anointed. Anointing means the presence of the Spirit of God upon you to cause you to flow in success and as we have seen just through these scriptures that we've read that doesn't mean that I won't taste defeat and a lot of times in our pursuit of gifting in our pursuit of next as soon as we woke up on hardship we automatically take that is oh this ain't the door when it could be there's just some trauma that needs to be worked out. There's, there, there's, there's something within the space of my soul that needs to be examined so I can see that actually I have been called to talk. But I need you to do it like this, says God. Actually, I have been called to lead, but the Spirit of God coming and saying, I need you to do it like this. I've been called as an entrepreneur, but I need you to re-examine motives, re-examine your strategy, and I need you to do it like this. Because God sent them back, but with a different strategy. This is how it's going to be done. And if you read, just read Exodus. He still ran into trouble. Even after being sent back by God. Most of the time, I get a word like that, and then I immediately think, oh, all troubles are finna melt. 
And that is not what happened. He still ran into issues with leading the people. He still ran into infrastructure issues. He still ran into issues of them not having enough food, not having enough water. There were still problems and challenges, but because he had been gifted and because of the Spirit of God filling him and coming upon him, he was able to come to the, to, to the uh, solution and come to the conclusion that he needed to whenever he came up upon whatever he came upon. God didn't leave him alone. And God's not going to do that with you either. But if there's something that happened that was a traumatic experience, something that happened that shook you, may the grace of God be released to you because we need your gift. You were born with something and you owe the world that. You are a thief if you go back to the grave and hold in what God put in you to release in the earth. I am a thief and I rob you if I do not release what God has put within me. That's why Paul was able to give the testimony that he said, I die empty. I've been poured out like a drink offering. I'm dying empty. I don't have nothing else to give. Everything that was put in me, I gave it away. That should be the testimony of all of us as believers because we fit within that grid. And there is a space within those systems of the world that must be dominated with excellence by those of us that have been filled with the Spirit of God. You are gifted. You've been called to dominate in a system. You are anointed and you've been called for such a time as this. Whatever it is that trauma has shook you, made you come to a conclusion that's not true, may the wave of the grace of God be released to you and bring healing within that area so that these next days to come, this next season to come within your life, this next year, these next five years, this next decade, is able to bring such a production that your eye has not seen and your ear has not heard. It's never even entered into your heart. The exceeding abundance of God going beyond what you could ask or think. In Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together. Let's celebrate the Lord for His Word. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Let me bless you. May the Lord bless you, keep you, cause His face to shine upon you, establish you, give you grace, give you peace. Awaken that divine giftedness within you. Those of you who know what that area or areas are, may there be a grace to go deeper within that. Those of you who are just getting started on the journey, may the Spirit of God highlight with tremendous mirror-like clarity where it is that you've been called and where it is that you've been gifted. Walk in strength this week. In Jesus' name, we love you. God bless you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>